Let Him Go Barefoot is a podcast that dives into all things parenting and education through the lens of mindful awareness. Conversations aim to bring forward patterns, beliefs, and attitudes that shape our expectations and ideas about what it means to raise healthy children. With the blend of science, ancient wisdom, and intuition, we will explore ways to support, nurture, and connect with our growing children while also nurturing and expanding ourselves. I am grateful you are here. In this first episode of the Let Him Go Barefoot podcast, I have a conversation with my firstborn, Daniel, who has recently graduated from our homeschool. We address four misconceptions of self-directed education and talk about his experiences as a mostly lifelong unschooler. I say mostly because it was me who had to break free from school think in our early years and learn to see and listen to the child in front of me. There was some tension for a short time as I untangled myself from the ideas and beliefs about learning that I picked up as a student and later as a teacher. It became clear that my primary role was to build a solid foundation of well-being that went far beyond checking off state standards or grade level academic expectations. Relationship first was my mantra. As we talk, he shares some of his insights on learning and parenting, which I hope you will find helpful as you live and learn alongside of your own children. Daniel has consistently advocated for himself, and he has certainly taught me how to step back and observe. I am grateful to share our experiences with you. Without further ado, I give you Let Shifts Happen with Daniel Willis. Hi, honey. Hello. Thank you so much for agreeing to do this with me. Of course, of course. Maybe today what we could do is just have a little bit of a framework to work off of. Okay. Which is a blog post that I wrote talking about the misconceptions of self-directed education. And maybe what we could do is just go through each misconception. I'll read it. And then you can give your perspective based on being someone who's lived from pretty much birth until 18, which you're almost 19, within this container of our sort of parenting philosophy and education philosophy. Let's go ahead and jump into it. You ready? Yes, ma'am. Okay. So the misconception number one, self-directed education only works for the self-starter type kids or for the ones who are hyper-motivated, goal-oriented. Most children need adults to direct their education. Otherwise, they will not be motivated to learn anything of value. Based on that misconception, how how does that land for you? Well... Like we've talked about before, and like you've probably said multiple places, um, just because it's self-directed doesn't mean some kid is going to immediately want to pick up a math book and just start doing math on their own. But anything that a child has interest in at a young age, if it's a video game, if it's a sport, if it's cooking, if it's something as simple as going outside and exploring, no matter what they're doing, they're still learning something. And people around my age when I was, how old was I when I played Pokemon? Uh, I think you were six, seven-ish. So six and seven. So kids by that age were 
technically a little behind if they didn't really know how to read. But you didn't want to force a book upon me and make me read because I really didn't have a huge interest in it until I picked up something that was necessary for me to read to understand because Pokemon, I had cards forever and I loved all the characters in that game. So when I had the DS game, um, there was no dialogue. There really wasn't much sound besides just music and sound effects and whatever. But, you know, going through that game, I'd ask you questions about what this word meant and things like that. But eventually, I just caught on and I could read better, way better than before. I could read, you know, full sentences and I might not have been able to spell the greatest, but I could get through that game with understanding what was going on. It kind of all came to me just from, you know, you giving me a, a little bit of help and my interest in trying to figure out what was going on in the game, you know? Right. And maybe this is something you blocked out because you didn't, <laughs> you didn't love it. There was a program that I purchased when you were probably about five or so. Uh, the name of it is escaping me right now, but it was online and it's somebody that we knew in the homeschool community was using it and their child liked it. And I purchased it and um, it was like these little alien characters, these cartoon characters that you'd play with online and there was sound combinations and you would play games and you know, I had this big, huge map on the wall. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lesson one. Do you remember, I do that, remember now? that? Yeah. And yeah, and we were supposed to work our way through this whole big map. It was very colorful. And I remember feeling frustrated because I, I was like, you have to learn how to read. And therefore, these are the ways we have to go mm -hmm. about it. And, you know, my own experience in school with the teacher brain was like, we have to sit and focus specifically on these skills or therefore you will never learn how to read on your own. That's that's the way my brain was taught and that's kind of what I understood needed the building blocks needed to mm -hmm. be there um, and when you pushed back and it was just like you know mom I'm not interested in doing that or you would come up with an excuse or you know there was some tension that came out of that situation and I remember thinking this is not what I signed up for this is not why we're homeschooling for us to battle over something and I started learning how to back off and then when you were doing Pokemon that's when it the big huge light bulb moment happened for me was like look at what he's learning look at all these words the big words you were reading and you were memorizing complete cards that had quite a bit of detail on them and not just reading the words but you were also you also had some science skills you were doing math you were calculating the like the damage points and you know when you started playing the pokemon game well how... yeah with the game i mean you have to some cards had this attack does 20 damage times certain number if like this thing happens so i'd have to sit there and be like okay so you know 20 times 4 or whatever is 80 and then slight math was involved with reading so of course me wanting to be able to play the game correctly gave me more boost to learn small you know math like that than anything else ever would like i mean cuz most people around that age aren't drawn to wanting to learn math. You know what I mean? Right. It's definitely one of those things that I think happens naturally through the course of just living, where if somebody's into cooking or baking, like you were mentioning earlier, if that was their interest, they're going to pick up cups and the measurements of teaspoons and tablespoons. And that math is going to come naturally because they have to learn how to do it for the recipe. And the same thing for you. You learned particular math skills 
by playing and by just doing the thing that you were most interested in. And the thing that was very powerful to me was how it stuck. It wasn't like you just learned that little skill and then forgot about it because Mm -hmm. you stopped playing Pokemon. It was like that skill was learned and then you were able to carry that into other things that you were doing. Mm -hmm. So yeah, no, I, I, I think the misconception that you have to be this self-starter type or hyper-motivated and goal-oriented is um, is definitely a misconception because is if you're an interested person, which I believe most children are interested in the world, then you're going to be able to direct yourself. So what, what people what people need and what children need are adults who are willing to support whatever the activities and interests are. And even if, even if, and this is a big one, even if those interests and activities do not align with the parent, meaning like, even Mm -hmm. if it's something the parent doesn't necessarily enjoy or would never choose, they need to let that go and look at the child in front of them and say, this is their interest. And you can see their eyes light up. And I just, I mean, you did, your eyes lit up. And I even told people when we were, they would ask if we're using curriculum, whatever, I was like, Pokemon cards are our curriculum (laughs) because It really was back then because that's all that I really wanted to consume at that time. Mm -hmm. You definitely learned a lot through there. Same thing too with them. You mentioned sports and and how actually hold off on that thought and we'll look at misconception number two, which is children do not need or want to take any formal classes or sign up for group activities because most of their learning is done solo, i.e. by the self. So what do you think about that one? Well, there are people that are going to be more alone and want to enjoy themselves alone while learning because, I mean, some people just are introverted and and don't want to be out in group settings. But I've noticed more often than not that, I mean, even back then with Pokemon, before we jump into sports, there were so many Pokemon little conventions and, like, um, card release events. what, were those, what did they call those pre-releases yes, for like the yeah. new sets that came out and they're all kids my age and even older and I mean there were dudes there that were like 20 and there were kids there that were like five like uh-huh. there was a, such a huge difference but we all had the same interest and we were all doing the exact same thing and it really got you to just talk to everyone and you had a, a common interest and you got to enjoy it together and especially you know when I started playing baseball I wanted to play baseball because I wanted to play baseball. It's just other people happened to be there too. And the other people, of course, increased the enjoyment of the overall experience by a ton because those people were some of, you know, my first, like, great friends. Mm-hmm. And honestly, that was probably one of the greatest things that could have happened at that age for me because it really showed how teamwork is great and how... Um, working together and building up, you know, as like a, I mean, even, even just being with a team for one season, you almost, it's almost like a small little family cause you're together so much and it's like, you're all trying to make each other better and it's just awesome to work together and grow together and just see everyone get better as the season goes on. So moving away from sports, uh, doing other things and learning with other people, some subjects and some uh, hobbies, obviously, you kind of have to do them alone. They're not things that you can do together. But if some kid likes baseball at a young age, more often than not, they're just they're not going to say, okay, well, I want to play baseball, but I don't want to go 
be with other kids my age. You know, that just comes naturally. You're, you're going you're, yeah. you're gonna to want to go be with other people and enjoy it together. I would, yes. I think you're, you're hitting on an innate characteristic of being human. Which it was is just humans, be, yeah. Yeah, it's just to be social. To be social, mm-hmm. yeah. And to interact with other people and to learn from other people. And, um, you know, we also learn about ourselves by being around other For people. For sure. You can't really fully learn yourself in isolation. You know, you kind of have to have that feedback that comes naturally. Um, so the I think that the word self sometimes in self-directed education can get misinterpreted as being sort of solo and alone. And it's more about using the self as the springboard. It's using your mind is so much more beneficial because you're doing something that you enjoy, not something that your parents want you to enjoy. It's, it's internal enjoyment, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and the other part of that too, is just how, if you're interested in an activity and there's a formal class that's being offered, then chances are you're probably going to sign up for it. Mm-hmm. Actually, let's dive into some of those classes that you've signed up for over the years um, because there have been many and I think they're worth chatting about. So um, you want to you want to do that? Should we start with like the earliest and kind of work our way forward? Yeah, sure. Okay. Which which ones do you remember? What sticks out for you? When I was younger, all of the outdoor stuff that we did was definitely the most fun to me because mm-hmm. um, we did like a survival class where we were taught how to um, tie knots and do all of the fun outdoorsy things that come along with that. Um, capture water off the leaves. Yeah. Off the, off the leaves. And- get water off the leaves and figure out how to filter your own water. And, and that was super interesting. One of the um, moms that was in our co- co-op at the time, she was uh, was in the military and did these outdoor classes with you all. And it was very interesting. Even the parents were like, can we sign up? <laughs> yeah, everybody was trying to get involved. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of fun. And then you also did one where, didn't, or maybe this was the same one, where you went into the woods and you had to learn how to create a shelter and use leaves to cover Oh, I think that I think that was warm. the same one. Yeah, we went out there and we tried to build shelters and she taught us how to make like holes in the ground so that we could keep ourselves safe if it was cold and and it's nice to just have that knowledge yeah you guys learned a lot so you were saying the outdoor classes i know we had like there was an outdoor adventure one we did hiking um but as far as like the formal classes and just to give a frame of reference we participated in a co-op Starting when you were around four or five-ish, it was more we went because it was getting us out of the house and I had just had Sadie and it was a fun way for us to get involved with some activities that were already going on and be with people Mm -hmm. we already knew in the homeschool community and some really good friends of ours. But then when we, you got a little bit older, we really got involved in the co-op and we were, we, we stayed with them for about, or we were involved with that co-op for probably about six years on it kind of constantly every season every fall yeah fall and spring we went and parents volunteered to run courses and classes some were really formal some were more extracurricular fun classes Mm -hmm. that kids even came up with we would put out a note to the families and say what are your kids interested in and we would have a list of things that parents wanted to teach and 
kids would be like, absolutely. And they would sign up for it. So like, I know we did a um, stop motion class. We did a stop motion class. Yeah, that was super enjoyable. We did um, a full on class with science experiments. And when you're younger, Mm -hmm. doing real science experiments is super fun and super interesting. Um, Mm -hmm. We... There was... We even had an art class with a, a professional artist, somebody who t- was a parent of one oh, of the kids. Oh yeah, that was he involved. was he was crazy with his art. What do you what do you say about him? He he'd go like weeks where he would just sit in a room, or it was like days or something, and he would just. Yeah. So when he had, so he was an oil paint artist, and he would make these yeah. gigantic, beautiful, very large pieces that would be purchased by corporate buildings that would go in like a lobby or something. And um, so whenever he was getting involved in his art, he said he would kind of go like two to three days where he would just do nothing but art, art, art. And he would stop and sleep, but mostly he would, his wife would have to bring him food and stuff because he was like his, yeah, in this intense He had to get force fed almost because he was just so involved and so absorbed with what he was trying to make. But his stuff was like, I mean, it was amazing. Yeah, we had a, we had a pretty good art teacher. Very yes, good did. art teacher. <laughs> yeah, and then I do remember you did a coding class as well. I do Scratch. remember that, and it's kind of funny now because I wonder if that has like sparked an internal interest into how I'm going now. You know, since I'm doing yeah. game developmental type things, it's kind of always been working in the background of your interest with game development and programming. Which makes me think about First Lego League. Yeah, First Lego League was probably one of the most fun experiences I had with kids around my age back then. Because it was just a group of friends that all got together and enjoyed. I mean, there was coding that went along with that too. But for people that don't know what First Lego League is, it's basically... um, Lego has these pieces that create robots and... Um, they can be coded with Lego software that they've made and it it can get very in-depth but it also can be kind of simple Um, but the main goal is to make a robot in any way you'd like there's some requirements and there's some restrictions but you have to make a robot to do a big table of obstacles and like uh, different type of objectives it's just a set area and each um, tournament has its own uh, table of you know things to do. So you've got like a certain amount of time to uh, team up together and try and work to create the best robot possible to go through and do all of those as quickly as possible. And we actually we did we did we get first at one of our uh, one of our competitions. And there were a l- I hate to tell you I can't remember <laughs> I can't remember I I just remember. You all had to meet like several times a week at our friend's house for like four hours. We were there for a for, long yeah. time. It it was intense. You you really stayed there and and worked hard. And how many? There's probably about seven of you, six or seven of you. Yeah, I think it was, so. It was really involved, and the tournament part was so fun. That was. Those were like almost yeah, almost all day in a. I mean, I. How many of those did we I go to? Because I feel like did there were. One, though. That was the, the you. Was it really only one big yeah, tournament? Yeah, because we had to be there at like six thirty or seven o'clock in the morning, and you were there all day long because you had you had yeah. the actual table that was set up with the huge map that you do the robot on, but you also had to go to individual 
classrooms to work out problems in front of some of the judges. Is that right? I Oh, I do remember that. Yeah, no, we had to. Yeah, they they required us to do a full presentation on how we were doing and what we were doing and how we were doing it. And obviously us being that age, <laughs> nobody <laughs> wanted to talk because we were scared to sit there and uh, talk in front of like three judges. But honestly, it was a very cool team building experience because we had to like basically think out what we were going to tell them we're doing and we had to make a little poster that had pictures of how we were doing stuff and I don't know it was super neat it was it was a really good organized program and it for sure an involved one too it wasn't like something you could just hop in and try out for a couple weeks it was like a good probably four to five months that you worked together before the tournament another thing that possibly could have been like a box checked in your brain about coding and building things and programming you know Mm -hmm. no for sure so um for a few years you kind of took some time off from taking classes you kind of just got into like your gaming and you were more you were mostly you were busy with your sports because you that was also the time you moved from baseball to soccer to soccer yeah then you also were really into computer building and super focused on those sorts of things and that's also how old were you because you were 15 Mm -hmm. when you built your first computer right yeah Okay, and then that was also the same time that you joined into the Fortnite competitions. Yeah, that I had free time, and I loved the game Fortnite, and I took myself to a couple tournaments, and I won a couple of them and did pretty well for myself. <laughs> that was a really neat experience, too. That was super fun. Yeah, so then probably around, I guess, about 16 or so, that's when you decided you wanted to roll in the uh, local homeschool program that was being run through our a Y near our home that had been in this, this program was started years ago by a couple of homeschool moms in our community. And then it just got bigger and bigger and bigger to the point where they had to end up using a completely separate space that, that, that high school students were able to utilize. So do you want to talk about that? So that how you got involved? Yeah, let's just talk about that real fast. So with the classes at the Y, that was kind of when and I wanted like that community back where I could be with people around my age and also share the same experiences. So because I already knew people that were there and they had lots of friends that went there as well. And it was kind of just like a, I want to jump back in, see how I like it. And I ended up really enjoying myself. So when I was there, we had, I mean, I had quite a few classes that I did. Uh, I took a geography class. Um, I had a literature class, I had a history, um, I had an art class, I had a psychology, and then I, I had a... Psychology was one of your first ones, I remember you... Psychology, I think, was my first one. Yeah, that was the first the first one I went to, because, yeah, you're a psychology major. Um, I had an anatomy class, I had a... You did biology, is that when you did... Yeah, no, um... I, had a, I had a biology, too. And that's when you were doing dissections mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah, too, right? we we dissected yeah. a couple things, and that was honestly my first time ever doing that. You and I had never done something like that, so it was super interesting to mess or, mess around with things like that. Like we dis- dissected a cow eye. Cause it's gross. Yeah, it's a little gross. We dissected <laughs> a frog. Super interesting. Yeah, yeah, 
And then those classes, because you were in high school, we were able to use a lot of those on your, all, all of them on your high school transcript, which mm-hmm. was a win-win. Win-win. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I got to enjoy myself meeting people just like the school environment, but it wasn't as, um, it was structured obviously, but it wasn't as structured as public school. And yeah, it was only one day a week. It was one day a week. It was, yeah, it was great. The flexibility was a huge factor in the enjoyment of it. 100%. And I so. have friends there that I have met that are my closest friends now and mm-hmm. yeah i think that was another one of the best possible places i could go for community for sure it's a lot of a lot of years that we covered a lot of ground we just covered mm-hmm. anything else you want to add i don't think so okay so misconception number three parents are not involved or are minimally involved with their children's learning Kids are left alone to do whatever they wish. Did I leave you alone? No, not at all. (laughs) Never. (laughs) And that's not really a bad thing, but no, you never did. (laughs) Um, I do think some people should make sure that they give their child space and they don't overdo it. I don't think you overdid it, but I've seen firsthand some families in the homeschools that are just over top of their kids constantly and they chose homeschooling because they wanted to be an authority in their you know in their child's life Mm. i think that's one side that you want to definitely avoid um and then i do think some kids uh are left alone too much because parents are needed obviously for sure that's why that's why we have parents and if you're home and you isolate yourself too much alone and you're in your room and your parents are off doing their own thing it can get lonely and i mean there will still be learning but parents are there to help you get resources i think whenever i had an interest in something you would either be with me or i could just come to you and say i really want to go play baseball for example Mm -hmm. like there was zero push from you or dad and you guys didn't really even you guys really weren't the ones that brought up baseball as an option at all it was just kind of like my neighbor played baseball and I found enjoyment and I was like all right guys I want you to help me as much as you can so that we can go do this and then yeah like I've said that was probably one of the best experiences of my life 100% Yeah, that was such a neat experience, and I'm glad you had that. You got to be about Mm -hmm. 12-ish, and you really got interested in soccer and decided you wanted to switch. And people that you've been playing with all along in baseball were like, no, you can't stop playing (laughs) (laughs) because you were a good baseball player. And some saw that as like letting go of this skill set that you've spent all these years creating and why would you do that because you could take baseball even Mm -hmm. further but you had you had maxed out you played as as much as you wanted to and you loved it and you enjoyed it and you did good at it but you were ready to change um and so we had to switch gears again and figure out okay well where are we going to play soccer and who are we going to play soccer with so we found another rec league and you know after asking friends and sort of digging around we realized that you know we had a good we had lots of options and we found one that 
that you um, enjoyed. And so, yeah, the same sort of thing. You just kind of walked right on, never have playing soccer, never, never having played soccer in a, in a group setting other than just kicking the ball around with friends. And then, you know, you did that for several years. Um, So to your point about baseball and the transition from me playing baseball to soccer, um, you and dad let that freely flow and you guys saw that my interest in baseball had kind of died down and I wanted to try something new because I had friends that were playing soccer and were really enjoying it and I was like you know what soccer seems like it'd be more fun than baseball is to me right now and I really want to try this out so there was no pushback from you guys besides just are you sure you want to stop playing baseball that's really all that it was there was no like okay, well, you're playing another season just to see how it goes before you get to try something new. No, there was none of that. But what really does kind of suck that we've seen, you and I have seen a lot in younger kids' sports is when the parents, they get very, very controlling over the kids' decisions when it comes to you know just their overall enjoyment of everything honestly because it's like mm-hmm. it's like they're they're living their lives through them like that was us yeah they're they're living yeah because because we had this kid on our team who um it was very very obvious when i played travel baseball he was on our team and it was very very obvious that his enjoyment for baseball had died just because it was just you could tell whenever he got on the field and whenever we were together and doing group activities um, and his dad would always yell and would always tell him that he needed to do stuff better and tell him that you can, you can do better than this and you are going to do better than this, almost threatening him Mm -hmm. to keep playing the game. And it was obvious that if he had a choice to stop playing, he would have. Right. And yeah. that and that happens way too often, I think, with with uh, younger kids at that age, because you're almost capping their learning potential because you're making them do something that they don't want to do. So all of the new skills and information that could be coming in and helping them mm-hmm. um, learn is just kind of coming in one ear and going out the other because they're not enjoying what they're doing. And you learn when you enjoy things. And that's, and that's why when I wanted to stop playing baseball, I could tell that I was at that point where it was like, I'm not going to try as hard as I was before because I don't enjoy it as much as I do. Exactly. And then when I hopped into soccer, I wanted to do as good as I possibly could. I was not good at all when I first started playing. Like I just wasn't good at soccer, but Remember how you tried to catch? The yeah, ball first, the first first game, game I swatted a ball <laughs> with my hand because I was so used to baseball. I was not good, but I wanted to get better, and I had people on that team that pushed me to become better. And just my overall enjoyment with um, sports and team sports went from slowly declining to as high as it was when I was enjoying baseball in my prime. So it's like. You've got to let shift happen, let shifts happen if your body is telling you that they need to. Exactly. Well, and, you know, that is so true for even adults. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, there's been plenty of things that I've done. You know, you you hear it all the time with people in their jobs or even in their relationships Mm -hmm. or even something as 
is is um maybe very materialistic but even a car like i just don't want to drive this car anymore or this you know whatever the case may be like something something that as an adult you kind of have more agency over the decisions that you're making about how you spend your time and somewhere along the line somebody decided that children don't have that same agency that instead they don't really know what they want mm-hmm. and so therefore parent has to come in and tell them what they need or what they want to the detriment obviously of like you said their their ability to take in new skills has now been um what's what i'm looking for their ability to take in new skills it's just has kind of diminished decreased yes diminished that's yeah. the word i was looking for thank you so as far as like the misconception goes that parents are not involved or that are minimally involved with um, children and, and unschooling, I, I believe from our personal experience and the experience I've seen of other parents, it, it is a, it's a unique situation and the parents definitely are involved, but in a way that honors the individual children in front of them versus telling the individual children in front of them what they can and can't do and what they have to and what they, you know, so, so involvement is more about supporting and guiding as needed and being a person to bounce ideas off of. And give, and give the resources to the creativity and just like overall um, their curiosity in a certain subject or thing. Cause I mean, once, when you're at a certain age, can't drive to the store and buy a baseball (laughs) bat or anything of that matter like you just can't yeah for sure so it's like supporting you and getting you where you need to go exactly um and in the same way that i would support you know your dad on something that he was interested in if he needed a ride somewhere or wanted some you know was interested in some information i would i would do the same thing i would share what Mm -hmm. i've learned um about it or send him in a direction to find out more about it. And, you know, it's like that back and forth that is just like a natural way of learning. So on the second part of the misconception, kids are left alone to do whatever they wish. I kind of want to talk about that a little bit in relation to personality or temperaments. You know, every family is going to look different, obviously, based on the people, the interest, um, the temperaments of everyone. And we all have a solid flow in our days. When you guys were younger, it looked very different than it does now, but you you all do have alone time. Um, and But I wanna make it clear that it's not a matter of being sent away and shooed off to be alone. It's more, these are my choices. I've mm-hmm. been with you, I've been engaging with the family members or I've been engaging outside of the home and now I want to come back to my own space and sort of have my own time to do whatever I want. So the difference there is not, um, it's it's like you choose to be alone or you choose to have alone time versus just being left alone. So there's a difference. Like there's, there's always, a, there's a, there is a huge difference in that because some families have too much of a, you need to go away now in their in their day-to-day lives from parents there's of just like okay now it is mom and dad time we don't want you guys here even though you want to engage with us right now yeah no it's just which is not it's not the attitude that you want to start with your kids you know right right like your needs are not a priority because mine trump yours because i'm older 
and yeah yeah and it, and and it's like if you if you give a kid the time when they want it there's going to eventually be a time where this kid's like all right mom i'm going to go into this room and sit in here and play with my toys or do something that makes me happy for an hour that doesn't involve you instead of me wanting your attention we're having fun and then oh mom wants me to leave now and i'm like well what the heck i still want to be with you like you're my mom you know what i mean yeah sure um recognizing that the developmental needs of the kids are going to change based on where they are what age they are and their temperaments as you guys were when you guys were younger first thing in the morning we all got together we all had breakfast there was a busyness to the morning that we don't necessarily have now because you sleep how you want to sleep and you get up when you get up and you all you each have your own sort of Mm -hmm. flow for your days and your plans and of course we talk about stuff and we think we we try to make some sort of a family schedule that's extremely flexible and loose it's more like just a checking in like who's doing what when where do you need the car today are you going out what's everybody's plan so it's that involvement that's like just a, a sensible back and forth to set expectations and or needs for everybody each day and throughout the week exactly so yeah yeah. misconception number four self-directed education is really only best in early elementary school as kids age they will miss out on important information and fall behind their peers if they don't follow the state or national curriculum so based on your experience would you what what do you say about that misconception as far as do you think that if you don't do the state or national curriculum as you get older, that you're setting yourself up for failure, or that, you know, you can't be successful because you didn't do what all these other older kids are doing. And like you're somehow putting yourself at a disadvantage if you don't follow the state or national curriculum. Well, no, because there are so many things that are you're required to take that you don't remember whatsoever when you get older. Like, I don't even have to go to school to realize when I talk to people that have been to school for that amount of time, like through elementary school, most of the stuff mm-hmm. that they learned then, they don't yeah. remember. Right, like, or what, if you happened to be somebody you know I mean? who's really interested in that class, so then that was like kind of your focus already prior to even taking it, then you might absorb a lot more than some kid who is essentially like, you have to take this class to check a box, you know? Yeah, exactly. And there and there and there are people that just grow up yeah. that are just like, oh, history's fun, blah blah blah, stuff like that. But um, most stuff that you're taught in school that you're forced to forced to learn almost, eventually you're going to get to an age like you and I even had the same thing when I was trying to learn math and stuff like that when I was younger. I was at the point where when you gave me a little push to learn something. I didn't want to because I wasn't ready. And I was technically behind people my age Mm -hmm. for a certain subject, right? But then once I got older and it actually mattered, once I was like, all right, it's time to learn this. I'm going to get this down Mm -hmm. because I need to and I want to. Yeah. I learned it instantly and didn't forget it. Well, and that's been the case pretty much all along, especially coming from my background of being in the classroom and being with students and teaching students. We're told that 
in order for a student to be quote unquote successful in math, science or whatever, you know, there's an order of events that have to take place and there's an order of Mm -hmm. information that has to be shared. And there is some truth to that. Like you can't, you know, you don't really start doing geometry without really understanding kind of the basics of how numbers interact with each other. So there's some foundational stuff that has to get laid out for, for, for people for any subject. But what I saw over and over again was as soon as you were ready to learn something, it just was like the light bulb went on and you absorbed it. And I noticed that for myself, even when I was from high school to college, I remember thinking at one point there was a time where it felt like it took forever for me to learn something. And then and then I noticed the shift in my ability to absorb it when I got to a certain age and, and or a certain interest. You know, now if I sit down and read, like I'm reading that big book that you saw me have, like the Natural Remedies book, and mm-hmm. I'm so interested in it. So it's like I'm reading about amino acids and, and enzymes and all this stuff. And it's like every time I read it, I just feel like I remember it, you know? It, it, because I'm so interested in it. Yeah. So it's almost as if like for children and, and with your personal experience that I've witnessed and your sisters is that once you're ready, it's like this portal opens and you are just able to take it all in very, very fast. You can take it in fast and you absorb every last bit of information and yes. you get pretty good at it quickly from from our experience with yeah. me and well, Sadie and even like there were you know, you know like the idea that it's only better for kids in elementary school because sometimes I think people think of self-directed is more plaguing right and you're not serious student I find that mm-hmm. your learning is very serious because you're so dedicated to whatever it is you're trying to learn and when you were younger it was as if we could almost organize your life around certain topics like you went through the bionicle phase and you learned everything you could about bionicles and bought them all up and had them all and worked them for hours and hours. And same with Legos, right? You went through a Lego phase and a Pokemon phase and a, mm-hmm. you know, you had a Minecraft phase and, and then, you know, all your sports. And it's just been a really awesome experience to watch this unfold so naturally and beautifully. Now that you're older, which I do think it's interesting because you have had this option of being sort of an unschooled kid to now be where you are, which is, let, let me let you tell, like, if you want to tell how you went from doing dual enrollment, do you want to talk about that? What do you mean? Going into uh, college classes? Yeah, yeah, the college classes. So do you want to share kind of how you made that decision? Well, and- sure. Cause I mean, there was definitely a turning point like I've said before, there's lots of turning points when you age, honestly, for learning and just lots of things. It's just like you, you hit a wall and you realize that this needs to happen. And for some people that doesn't happen and they might need a push to, to feel that way. But most of the time, especially for me, can I, I'm sorry, can I get you to, to clarify that just a little bit? Like, what do you mean about hitting a wall? Well, it's, it's almost like hitting a wall as in, before not caring and then it's just like boom you realize this matters my future matters and I want to prepare myself for the future and I want to learn and enjoy while I'm doing it because before I really had no interest in um, well it's not that I had no interest but I obviously wasn't looking so far ahead to do um, college courses but honestly now I'm like kind of looking forward to doing these classes each semester because 
we've got it set up now where I've already taken either five or six, I can't remember, of these um, simulation and game development courses. And these are all working towards um, a diploma that could totally boost my opportunity to find a job in some type of 3D modeling or design thing for any video game company, which what I would love to do. And I like having that build up because I'm seeing what I'm doing now. I'm setting myself up for the future and I'm doing classes that I'm enjoying and it's teaching me so much about, um, I guess it, really it's just teaching me so much about the, the pathway that I chose. And it's, it's awesome because when I was younger, this is always something that has kind of been on my mind for um, me wanting to do as a job. And obviously when, when you are younger, there's not really a rush to do so. But now I kind of feel like I'm ahead of the game because I've already done almost a year worth of classes before I was even in college. Mm -hmm. And I'm able to go towards a game development diploma the same time that I'm also able to go towards... Um, my associate's degree in arts, which is awesome because there are lots of kids my age who go through the regular school system and they finish high school and there's lots of stuff in high school that they don't remember and then they start college classes mid-18 and I was able to start exactly what I wanted to do without having to pay, you know, big college money at 17 and I got to enjoy my time doing so and getting ahead of the game instead of having to wait so I think overall it has just been it's been great right well it's been a a, a very good use of your time so mm -hmm. I, I believe very strongly that wherever you are and whatever pathway anybody chooses whether that's school or homeschooling you know you're gonna learn right living is learning so not a matter in my mind of whether kids in school are mm -hmm. not learning. I think that they are obviously, um, but it's a matter of using our time as efficiently and wisely as we can. And also having ownership of our time. That's the beauty of our experience is that you have a, been able to know yourself, explore all these different interests and ideas that, that, you know, spoke to you. And then you were able to narrow in on a focused um, pathway that that was an option at our local community college. You've you said a couple of times about the being behind. My brain is like it just kind of gravitated towards that word because it's language that gets used a lot when we talk about the standard school model. And so of course, yeah, but like exactly like what is behind technically? We're going off of someone else's version of being behind. Exactly. Yeah, and so if you compare yourself to others, no matter who you are, no matter how advanced or how much learning you've done in a particular area, there's always a chance that you might look at it and go, oh, I'm not quite where they are. However, if you talk about your specific skills in, you know, let's say math or in science, you know, in comparison, maybe you're not exactly where somebody else is because they were sent into those classrooms for X number of hours in a year, whereas you might not have spent that much time. You might have an increase in skills in another department, which would be 
our focus from the minute that we made the decision to homeschool as a family is that you would develop those interpersonal skills and the awareness of yourself, right? But I mm-hmm. also think that we've, in our society, we tend to focus so much on data and information and knowledge for sure, without focusing on the whole person. So it's more about what you can, what do you know and yeah, what do you know and what can you spit out and what what are your test scores versus how are you doing? <laughs> like, that's one of those things that does honestly kind of get on my nerves is people just gauge the type of person you are and put this thought in their head because they saw a test score yeah like that makes if if someone sees oh this person got a really bad test score and they just immediately write them off instead of actually talking to them and ask like just talking to them as a human like they hadn't learned anything about them beforehand you know and and you might and you might just talk to them and You're be like talking about more like the adult interactions and stuff and like the ability to communicate with somebody. Yeah, and Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, and people immediately get written off just because of test scores and stuff like that. And some of the best entrepreneurs who dropped out of college that their professors didn't didn't really just like look at the person and be like, "Wow, they are really good at this one thing." But since they're bad at all this other stuff that I'm trying to teach them, they're not going to succeed in life. And then they do better than anyone could have ever imagined, yeah. you know? You touch on a really important point, which is that when you when we have this system set up that focuses so much on output and grades to determine somebody's worth, we're missing a huge, huge part of who they are. And it, it's a sorting mm-hmm. sort of game, if you will. Like, it's like, we, we can sort you based on how you perform in this environment with these classes, even though you had no say so mm-hmm. really in the, in the participation of this. But, you know, if we can take you out of that environment, what would your learning look like? What would your experience in life be like? And that's why, you know, I'm such an advocate of self-directed education because of the fact that I've been in the schools, I've worked with kids, I've seen what that schooling sort of model can, can do to certain children. Kids come in and out of school all the time and are go on to live great, happy lives. I'm not saying that it's terrible for every single child that goes in there but I am saying that if you are given the chance to make some choices about how you spend your time and where you get to put your energy and you actually get to reach and study for the things that that light you up and make you feel good and make you feel like you you're you're contributing back to the world then I think I don't, I don't think there's a person on this planet that wouldn't want to do that. Yeah, of course. I mean, we're, we're, I mean, enjoyment is great. And if you can enjoy yourself while learning and instead of being forced to do things that you find tedious and annoying, then of course, choose, choose what makes you feel, feel great. It's not like it's just homeschooling is automatically this panacea that can just fix everything, Mm -hmm. but it gives more space for children to flourish because they are, they have more time to devote on the things that they love and the things that, that they really enjoy. You know, it made me think of something when we were talking though about activities Mm -hmm. and trying out new things. I'm remembering you taking piano lessons and how adorable you looked at that, at that piano and you were playing. And then we had those two different concerts and you just, and then you, you didn't want to do it anymore. And I I just wonder what is your memory of that and what's your perspective of that experience? Um, because if I'm not mistaken, I don't think you've touched a piano since you were mm-hmm. seven years old. <laughs> and we've and we had it in our we have one uh, in our house. <laughs> yeah, probably not. It's been in our house since then. 
do you think uh, it's I think it was just kind of a come and go with mm-hmm. interests and that's how life is it's like with the other stuff before I was just very interested on the front end and I wanted to do it because I thought it would be something fun yep. Yep. and it just kind of faded off but and there's nothing wrong with that's, that. I mean, <laughs> I, I think I think that's okay. Yeah. yeah, there's nothing wrong with it coming in and then going away. There's nothing wrong with that. Yes, you, you transition out of piano to guitar, and you were thinking you might want to take guitar lessons, and you did that just a little bit. But it's interesting because I think of you as being musical. You love music, and you have like such a variety of songs that you listen to, and artists, and you also sing well. You have a very good voice. I hear you. I Ooh, hear you singing in I, there. Well, I, don't, I don't, I really, I used to, I mean, you know, I used to sing like all the time when I was younger, but I don't, I don't, I don't really sing anymore. You do anymore. a little bit. I can hear you. Well, our house is not I'll so be, big. I'll be humming. I'll be humming sometimes. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. Thought we could play a game together. Okay. Do you remember the game Would You Rather? Uh-huh. For those who don't know, is a card game that has two different choices on it, and it, a lot of the time the choices are just horrible. Either way you go, <laughs> like, would you rather eat worms for a day or spiders? You know, like, <laughs> who wants either one? I didn't give you those kind of questions, but I am gonna see what you would choose. Okay. And you yeah. can go you can go into detail if you'd like, or you can all just right, all right, answer all right. it and leave it at that. Whatever. Toss them at me. All sure. Right. So, would you rather have all your meals cooked for you, or have all your laundry done for you? Oh, uh, <laughs> you can't choose both. <laughs> d- definitely laundry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, would you rather make plans for the day or just see how the day unfolds? Um, plans for sure. Because if I leave stuff yeah. open ended, I'm like, yeah, I'd, I would just much rather have a, a set out plan for the day. So the next one, would you, okay, would you rather only have Christmas or only have Halloween? Christmas, no doubt. Christmas without even thinking about it? Without even thinking about it. You can't live without peppermint <laughs> and chocolate. That's right. Uh, <laughs> or, and Christmas lights, come and on. And Christmas lights, I know, I know, I know. Uh, and Christmas music that starts in October now. All right, would you rather time travel into the future or into the past? I think future because going back into the well uh, gosh I don't know would I be able to come back that's the question oh I didn't even go there yes you could come back I'm allowed to come back so I can time travel ahead and then come back I think I'd I think I'd want to go ahead well (laughs) gosh it's harder (laughs) than I thought I keep saying maybe maybe go back so I can see how things used to be because if you go ahead of time then there's no surprise as to what's coming and that's kind of what life is there needs to be some type of uncertainty with what's ahead you know in a in a good way in a good way yeah i see what you're saying so like if i if i jumped ahead 10 years and saw that who was president and what had happened then if there was bad things that had happened i'd go back and just sit there and stress about those things you know what i'm saying yeah good point so in, in, instead of trying to always predict the future you have to kind of let it unfold as, as it is going to and yeah because yeah. fu- it's just going to happen no matter what so you just got to let it happen yeah <laughs> all right <laughs> so before we finish do you have any pieces of advice 
from your perspective as being a child who grew up this way, now that you're able to sort of reflect, is there anything that you might want to pass on to a mom or a dad just to give them some peace of mind, I guess? I think the biggest thing that looking back on my growth through middle school and high school is that you need to just trust your child's instinct on what they're interested in and what they want to do because feeling accepted and like you feel heard and you get to actually enjoy what you're passionate about will help you grow and will benefit you more than anything ever being forced on you period so true and if it's a it's like a it's like a message i just want to scream from the mountaintop that it's there's so much pressure on parents to interact with their kids a certain way and so much pressure to follow what what the rules the the school rules are and this is how things have been done and so this is what you have to do and if you don't do it you're going to somehow you know put your child at a disadvantage and yeah it's it's not it's Mm -mm. not like that it's a there there's so much beauty and calm even and less chaos and less drama just to live and learn and 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 recognize that your kids are the masters of themselves and and I have seen that over and over again in you and Sadie mm-hmm. and any child I come into contact with and have for, for many, many years. Um, so thank you. That that was really, really well put. And, um, you know, I have loved being your mom for all these past 18 years. And I can't wait to see what life has in store for you moving forward. And I imagine you will continue to approach it with the same level-headedness and curiosity that you've you've had since you got here so thank you i love you i love you bye Bye. thank you for spending your time with us i hope our conversation has inspired you but also calmed any fears or worries you may have about self-directed education and unschooling mostly i hope our experiences clearly show that learning happens best when there is enjoyment agency and choice When we as parents stay connected, curious, and open to our children's learning journey, they truly benefit. And nurturing their unique needs and interests is powerful stuff. Stay curious, stay connected, and stay aware. Until next time.